Trigger warning, the Resilience Project provides an open space for people to share their personal experiences. Some content in this podcast may include topics that you may find difficult. The listener's discretion is advised. Hello, friends. Welcome to Radical Resilience, a weekly show where I, Blair Kaplan Venables, have inspirational conversations with people who have survived life's most challenging times. We all have the ability to be resilient and bounce forward from a difficult experience. And these conversations prove just that. Get ready to dive into these life-changing moments while strengthening your resilience muscle and getting raw and real. Welcome back to another episode of Radical Resilience. It's me, Blair Kaplan Venables, coming into you live from my office. And I'm so excited because I'm here with another person who lives on the West Coast, but somewhere complete opposite from me. And her name is Wendy. She's absolutely amazing. She helps women successfully transition from their careers to a fulfilling and purpose-driven retirement. And I'm going to let her talk more about what she does. And what has inspired her to create this. And I've gotten the pleasure to, you know, really get to know her over the last four months. So I'm excited to introduce her to you. Um, you know, when chatting with her and I asked her to share something that she's going through or has gone through, she shared with me a challenge of hers is navigating her parents' illnesses and her dad's incredible way to overcome Alzheimer's while her mom has a devastating desire to pass away, to die. And I can't even imagine what that would be like. Well, if you know my story, because I have never made it that far. Um, But, you know, the decline of any parent's health is absolutely devastating. And so I'm really excited to talk about, you know, Wendy, her journey into creating a fulfillment retirement for her and how she's helping others do that while navigating, you know, this chapter of her parents' life. So I'd like to welcome to the mic, Wendy. Thank you. It's so great to be here. And it's always wonderful to be in your world. So I appreciate the opportunity. I'm I'm so excited to have you here. And I'm so honored that you have are trusting us with your story because you're living it right now, right? This is not, this is not something that happened. It's happening. Yeah, no, good point. Cause sometimes those nerve endings are right up at the surface. And so um, so I appreciate that that connection with those feelings. And, yeah. and I appreciate being able to talk about it. You know, I think a lot of times when we hold things in, um, then things can become insurmountable or they can take on a life of their own. And so being able to share and be vulnerable, I think is important for everyone. I couldn't agree more. That's exactly it. And, you know, I would love if you can share with our listeners your story. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. I made a career change about three and a half, four years ago. I had been a sales executive for a long time and loved working with clients, um, but really determined that it was the connection that I loved more than the sales process itself. So I found the opportunity to move into coaching. I made a major career change. And through that process, I learned a lot about listening, about connecting with people, about digging deeper, because we know that what's on the surface is there's usually so much more below it. And if we take the time and allow for that connection, we can, we can uncover some beautiful things. So I had the really just the 
fantastic opportunity to step into this world. Took it a couple steps further, getting a certification as well in what's called positive intelligence. So learning a lot about mindset um, and then discovered the world of retirement coaching. And this resonated so much because in my demographic, and I'm one of those baby boomers that now we're trying to call active agers or come up with something else, um, that I found that there were a lot of women like me that um, had grown up not keying in on emotions or not really being um, aware of why we were making some of the decisions that we did or maybe not using our voice. So um, that's where I'm at now is, uh, like you said, supporting women in that next chapter, making sure that it's you know as fulfilling and meaningful as possible. And I think that's that's really important. So maybe if you can take us back to when you remember your parents retiring and what, what that was like for them, because every generation is so different. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm a vintage millennial and I never went through my mom retiring, which was all she talked about. And then my dad had to retire because he was not, he was not healthy. Um, like walk, walk us through what it was like you experiencing your parents' retirement and what you witnessed, you know, from the outside. Yeah, such a, an interesting question. So I grew up in Seattle, Washington. When I graduated from college, got married, I moved to California. So I moved away from family. My parents, when my father um, retired and he was an executive at Boeing in Seattle, they moved to Arizona right away. My mom did not like Washington throughout the time that they lived there. So she was very excited to move to Tucson. My parents are very active. Um, or had been uh, always really health conscious, always very driven to be out there doing things. Um, they traveled a lot. But then over the years, um, you know, things started to kind of take a little back seat there. My dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2018. And I think also COVID, unfortunately, kind of uh, magnified that, which I think other people have been through. And so, um, so I think that that kept them more isolated. So through all of that, and you're asking about the retirement, the retirement up until probably 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago, um, was really a, a dynamic one, a vital one for them. They, they, like I said, had all kinds of different things that they were involved in, uh, played tennis up until, you know, well into their 70s. So my father's 91 now and my mom's 89 um, but I think what I've recognized now through helping navigate their illnesses and being there when my dad was hospitalized and trying to um, get them stabilized, what I recognized is that runway to elderhood, that that piece was missing a bit. They didn't recognize, which most of us don't, that we're not always going to have all of our senses or faculties. Uh, we're also maybe not going to get to make decisions about some things, the control factor is is not going to be as prevalent as it is when it, we're younger. And so now my parents, I think, are feeling, unfortunately, the downside of that because they live a really pretty solitary life, a more isolated life, and all of those social connections, all of those additional activities that if they had focused on them maybe earlier on, they could have carried that into this time of life. So that's what I'm recognizing is that if we don't step back and assess our bigger picture and say, 
what's important to me and what's my why and how can I make that happen, uh, we can get on a path that maybe doesn't take us into an area that's as fulfilling. Yeah, I, that's that's quite interesting. So did you have a career and then retire and then come out of retirement as a retirement coach? No, I I have not retired. So I, yeah, I made the choice to not continue in the sales leadership role Mm -hmm. um, and looked into like, what's my why? What's important to me? And so I had the opportunity then to make that really 180 change in careers. Although not so now that I say that out loud, not so much because I kept a lot of the beautiful things from my past career, the connecting with people, the wanting the best for people. Um, Yeah. And so, yeah, so I've not gone into retirement. Um, And as a side note, when I first started in retirement coaching, I, with one of the certifications I got, I was asked, well, when are you going to retire? And I said, I'm never going to retire. My answer. And the answer back, and you and I both probably don't want to hear this, is that sometimes we don't get to choose. And so we need to have a plan B because it may well be that we don't ever want to retire, um, but yet circumstances in life will will make a change. So the way that I want to answer that question then is then I'm just going to define retirement in my own way. And that's what I think everyone needs to do. So what is your definition of retirement? I mean, I think it's not the right word, honestly, you know, and I think that we're going to find over these next years that there will be a new terminology because, you know, the word retiring was from the industrial age. It's when people were out in the fields working. (laughs) It was when they were in the factories grinding away, they were tired. And when they hit that mark, when they were 60, 62, and they hit that mark, they probably lived for maybe two three, four, five years on average. So they retired. Retiring means, you know, resting. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't see in you, I don't see in me that 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 would be something we'd aspire to. I don't aspire to resting. Well, Um, I mean, I live a restful life. Like I make sure rest is a part of my life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is really cool. Like walk us through some of the, the the things you see, what happens when someone doesn't have a meaningful retirement? Like, what is it that you see when someone's like work, 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 and then all of a sudden they don't really have a plan? And, you know, what they, they yeah. feel lo- like lost, I'm assuming. I don't really know. I've actually never really been around it too much. I know that my father-in-law never got to retire. My mother-in-law retired from her admin job at the hospital. And um, then she got certified as an esthetician and she does pedicures for seniors and she's mid seventies because she wants to be of service, but I haven't really been around too much retirement. So I'd love to know what are some things that you've seen that like aren't people aren't doing right or healthy because I want the people listening to this podcast to maybe feel like if they're in retirement or they know someone retiring, like if these red flags are popping up. Yeah. Yeah. Such a great question. And especially because I think, you know, the vision of retirement is travel and leisure and endless weekends and all of that. But the reality is that like one in three struggle, and I kind of call that like the dirty little secret that nobody wants to talk about. Because if you were to say to somebody, 
you know, are you enjoying retirement? And they were to say, no, it sucks. You know, that it'd be like, what are you talking about? You're so lucky. Um, and so people don't, you know, there's a shame attached to, to saying I'm unhappy or I'm struggling or I feel lonely or I don't know about my self-worth any longer. And I think that he's off of what you're mentioning that when someone leaves career, oftentimes we're so attached to our identities and career. And if we don't really think about who am I, what do I want in retirement, we can hold, you know, we can keep our foot in the past um, or we can be very afraid of the future. And so I think that what I've seen with some of my clients is that that attachment to their identities and career and not recognizing that there's so many incredible strengths that allowed them to have that identity. And what are those that can transition then into retirement? Um, as well as maybe there are things that at work that that were just patterns or habits. And now they have the opportunity to shed themselves of some of those past uh, ways of being and really key on what's important to me now. Um, I had one client that was despondent about retiring. I mean, I started working with her probably a year before she retired. She was a special education teacher and loved, loved, loved her work. And I shared, I spoke with her about, well, then why are you choosing to retire? And it was really in support of her uh, partner. And so I said, well, if that's the case, you know, let's really dig into is that necessary? And once she determined, yes, that's what she wanted, then it was a matter of really talking about, then what is it that's making you so despondent? And so we were really able to get at her sense of loss. Mm -hmm. She really felt like it was almost a death of having, um, leaving her work, but we were able then to really key in, okay, what's, what's the opportunity here? Um, what is that loss about? What, how can it be filled in another way? Um, so that's an example of of someone who luckily we were able to connect because, oh my gosh, the weight was so lifted after we worked together. I mean, she, and that's one of those examples of holding things in, right? Mm -hmm. um, and not really feeling like you can surface that dirty little secret and that nobody will understand that in fact, it's very, very normal. That's so beautiful, Wendy. Thanks for sharing that example. So if someone's thinking of retiring and they know like in four years or two years, like when should they start preparing for a meaningful retirement and how do they prepare? Like how far out? Like I am like you, like I'm probably never going to retire and I don't have a plan B because my plan, unless like my head gets, my voice gets taken away, I plan on always being a motivational speaker and a writer. And yes. I feel like that's something that like, if I can't do it on my own, there's other ways to do it. Um, but I don't plan on retiring, but I know people who are working so they can retire at 55 or 60. When should they start like planning for that meaningful retirement? Yeah, well, I, I think too, I just want to pick up on what you were mentioning about, you know, for yourself, you'll find another way. And that's so key, that whole open to the possibilities, not being so attached um, not looking at things black or white, but instead, what's the middle way? And so mm -hmm. to answer your question, I I think ideally that people would always be planning for their next chapter, whether we call it retiring or not. And if somebody says that I my goal is to retire, then my first question is, well, 
how do you define retirement and what does that look like for you? Mm-hmm. And if they can answer what that looks like for them, um, then I think that informs when they'll start to plan for that retirement and what's needed to get there. If they haven't yet thought about that, then it's an, a beautiful time to start keying in on, you know, what am I doing right now? Do I feel that time is valuable? Do I feel like I'm stepping into everything that I can be? Um, and so I, I would love it if people just looked at this as an ongoing life practice, as opposed to a slash cut where, oh, three years before, now I'm going to do da, 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 da. Um, because I don't think there's a prescribed time. I think it's, I think there's some skill sets that if they're in place will allow someone to move very beautifully and smoothly into the transition of that next chapter. That's, Um, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, that's really interesting is, so if, if someone's already retired and they're a few years into retirement, what are like, and, and they are like feeling lost or, you know, lost their purpose. Like what are some things that some feelings or some thoughts that um, I guess one would maybe think that would trigger someone to reach out to someone like you? Like when's it, when's it like, oh, I'm bored. Maybe I'll take up a hobby to like, oh, I think I need to reach out to a retirement coach. I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, I reflect on that sometimes because I think when we reach out to someone, it is when we're in that pain you know, when we're really feeling um, at our lowest. And and so hopefully if someone is feeling that way, like you're saying that they're feeling lost or they're feeling like, what is there for me? Um, that, that would be a very important time to know that there is support for you. There are professionals like me that will walk that path with you and help in a very safe space, map out, you know, what's coming up for you, what's needed here. And, and go that course. Um, for others, you know, if they're just wanting ideas of what they can do, um, that's that's terrific um, because that means then that they're motivated or they're excited or they're out there. At the same time, are they just filling their dance card? I had one client, and this this is normal too, that busyness factor that we feel our worth is kind of connected with our productivity and it's just kind of the way that humans seem to be. Um, but rolling back and saying, how are we filling our time? You know, is it just that just feeling like we're productive? So we're checking things off the list or is it quality? Is it really keying in on what is aligned with our values and what's important to us? Um, So I do challenge people at times too, if they're just wanting to talk to me about, you know, what type of volunteer work should they do or what kind of additional activities or things like that. It's, it's rolling back and getting a little deeper and saying, well, what is it about that? That would be fulfilling for you. What is it about that? That is, has held you back before, or what's especially um, engaging about it. So getting a little bit deeper, um, I think is really important. I've heard a couple people and I'm not going to say a lot of them, but I've heard a couple people make comments. Cause like I've been volunteering, like I'm not retired. <laughs> I'm the opposite of retired. Um, but I've been volunteering since I was 12 and I've had a couple conversations with people. Cause you know, a lot of times when people retire, they do volunteer their time. Like my grandmother worked at the gift shop in the hospital and my, you know, my other grandma and my grandpa were involved with other volunteer things in the Jewish community. And, um, 
I know some people who have this belief of like, why would I retire to volunteer when I can just do work and get paid? Yeah, yeah, no, that definitely comes up. And so I think the question then is like, okay, so what is it that's meaningful to you? Like, is is it the work? Is it the financials? Is it the giving to others? Mm-hmm. Because if somebody is looking at it that way, then then probably their heart isn't into the that altruistic giving to others or feeling like mm-hmm. they're, that's a purpose or need for them. Mm-hmm. And there's no judgment there, right? I mean, I think it's it's important to really, again, roll back and say, well, why am I making those decisions? And if their self-worth is attached to that paycheck as well as the the work, then then that's, they have to follow that if that's in fact, you know, aligned with where their values are, where their thinking is. So, Mm -hmm. but I think when we do things without thinking, either through autopilot or through patterns or because their society is telling us to do something, um, that's when I think we're in misalignment. And that's where I think that gets in the way of really stepping into all that we can be. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Um, Wendy, how can people find you if they want to work with you or learn more about you? Oh, I appreciate that. Um, the name of my company is Conflux, C-O-N-F-L-U-X, Conflux Retirement Coaching. Um, and so they can find my website and on it, they'll find uh, how to get a hold of me email or also on LinkedIn. And I think you you, you have a masterclass coming up. I do have a masterclass. Yeah, it's on May 4th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And it's a free class. Um, it's a one-hour session that will really allow people to get a really great framework about starting to step into their thoughts around retirement and planning for it, or if they're already in retirement, how they can um, improve their situation if that's what's needed. So I I share what I call the ABC methodology, um, really keying in on awareness as well as achieving balance and then um, being at choice, which I feel is so important. I love that. Um, I'll put the link to her masterclass in the show notes. So, you know, if you're thinking of retirement, retiring or you're retiring or someone you know is going to retire, this is a free masterclass you should check out. Wendy is a brilliant mind and she's a joy to be around. So you'll get something out of it. I promise. Um, one final question for you today, Wendy. Yes. What advice do you have for someone who is navigating, you know, parents after retirement getting sick while they are choosing to navigate retirement? So, so like you're not retired, you chose to not retire and you're navigating two parents. Yes. Some people, uh, you know, in your stage of life will retire and have endless amounts of time. Yes. You know, well, it's interesting that, first of all, the endless amounts of time, and I I just want to, for anybody that's getting ready to retire or is retired, it is a misnomer because I think people think that then somebody like life is just open and they're always available. Um, And so I I do really want to value and, and, um, and acknowledge that retirement still carries with it all kinds of different expectations and requirements and commitments and things. So to your point, like with my parents and navigating all of that, I think 
I have to take a page out of my own book, you know, and look at awareness, like really keying in on what's happening for me, what's important to me, my values, balance, making sure that, you know, my business is so important to me, my family, my children are so important, my parents are important. So a balance amongst all those things. Oh, yeah, and health, of course. <laughs> um, and then choice, you know, so that if I'm choosing to do things to support my parents, I take accountability for those decisions and those choices. And so I go in wholeheartedly. Um, and if I can't do that, then I need to roll back and say, well, then what's getting in my way? And is there another way? So that's hopefully kind of an answer to your question. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. Beautifully answered. I think, yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, people, like I have friends who are starting to think about retirement that are, you know, cause I have friends of all at different ages and I'm, you yeah. know, I'm just shy of 40. I'm a few years before 40 and to have friends talking about, I'm going to retire soon and just manage properties and, you know, which is a job too. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to like be in this place of conversation, you know, with you and like learning about retirement and ways to have a meaningful retirement where it's not just sitting around and, you know, how to use your time because I have, you know, people in my life are already starting to like actively plan for what they're going to do when they leave their nine to fives or their professions. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it, I, again, I just get back to that whole word retire, right? That it's like what you're describing about your friends, they're leaving their current career, but they're not like retiring, you know, yeah. like they're, yeah. So yeah. they're still doing things that are going to be exciting or engaging or, or they're going to kick back or what, you know, whatever it is, but it's just a, it's just kind of a word that's kind of loaded and it's also kind of confusing or convoluted. So what should we call it? Like, have you, maybe yeah. you should come up with the word Wendy, like what should we call it? I, yeah. That, you know, I was just, I just was on a call with somebody this morning where we were talking about it that, you know, it's bandied about like rewirement or re-aspirement or redesirement. It. So some of those words have been used. And then somebody the other day was saying like, it's a, time of preference or something. And I thought, <laughs> oh, okay, rather than deferring or something. Yeah, so, it's yeah. interesting. It's it, yeah, it's it, it's it's such an interesting time. I think with you know our generation, the baby boomer active ager generation, there's almost like 22% of us. You know, it's a large, and so I believe that somebody will come up with that new name and it would be super cool if it was you and I. So maybe, well, maybe it will be us. Watch yeah. out world. We're coming yeah. up with the next rewirement word. <laughs> I, I love it. that. Well, thank you so much for coming on this podcast and sharing your wisdom with us, Wendy. It's been such a treat. <laughs> uh, I appreciate it. Your questions were really thought provoking and I'm, I'm excited to keep following where you're going because neither you or I are going to be retiring anytime. No, we're just rewiring every day. Yes, redesiring. <laughs> yes. Redesiring. And thank you to everyone who tuned in to another episode of Radical Resilience. We do this every week. We drop a new episode every Friday. Just know that you are not alone. Life is full of beautiful moments and very hard moments. And we are that lighthouse in a storm and that light at the end of the tunnel. Just know that it's okay to not be okay. And that we're gonna walk through this with you. And just remember that you are resilient. Thank you. That's a wrap for another episode of Radical Resilience. 
Do you feel inspired by this episode? You can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player and connect with us to join the conversation at IamResilient.info. Remember, it's okay to not be okay. And you, my friend, are resilient. Radical Resilience is a podcast created by The Resilience Project.